Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Bariah. You're listening to the Unchurched Oli Podcast. We are a group of Olympia-based people creating safe spaces for anyone harmed by organized religion. We want to use this podcast to share our own personal experiences and your anonymous stories about church life in Olympia. During this episode, our focus was on sharing your anonymous submissions. We are honored to make space for your stories to be heard, and we thank you for continuing to support this community by speaking up. We hope you enjoy. Hi. Heard any good sermons lately? Oh, shoot. We're going right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three. That was a good cough. That was very clear. I, like, <clears throat> I got to clear that. High fidelity. Clear that voice. <laughs> what can I say? It's something in the air. I know. For real. It's a moist day. I feel like you could probably hear it in both of our voices right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sick, but I don't feel good either. I don't feel good at <laughs> My all. tummy hurt. <laughs> My tummy hurt. <laughs> That's just real. That's just every day for me, honestly. Mm. I just be having hot girl tummy issues. Hot girl tummy issues. Hot girl IBS. <laughs> Real. <laughs> you're not hot unless you're shitting and farting. That's, <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. If you're listening to this, you know. You, you know who you are. You know. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. What have we been thinking about lately? What's what been. And in, in regards to church, religion, all the things. All the things. Um. I am a fan of our podcast. Yeah? (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, I edit it, so I listen to it a lot, but then I also listen to it, like, once we put it out. Um, No, I have been enjoying listening to us talk about, uh, like, purity culture, especially, uh, last week. And we kind of touched on it with Jesse, too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of been a big theme, I think, for all of us, but... No, I don't know. Just everything we said, there's a couple of people that like reached out to me and um, just to show appreciation. I think a couple of people reach out to the account. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's uh, a weird thing we were brought up in, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um, know. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I've just been thinking about that and... Uh, you know, just living, yeah, just, just out living. here living. <laughs> That's funny. No, I agree with that. I've really been enjoying the podcast too. I think that they're, yeah, I think that it's great. It's so much fun. I'm just having so much fun. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I hear something that like I didn't hear when we were recording it. You oh know? my gosh, uh, with Sienna yes. last time, there she was so, a silent killer. I yeah, was like, oh there my were gosh. so many things when I was editing, and she just like snuck <laughs> in like a little joke that I didn't catch, and yes. I <laughs> laughed so hard. Exactly, I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> so I appreciate the mic, like having separate mics for that reason, because then yeah. you really do get to hear what everyone's saying, and you have a topic, and then like the message that you had sent in the group chat to. Um, where you were just talking about oh, how they yeah. treat us like we were so terrible when they're like literally had sexual predators yeah. on staff. I guess yeah. I wanted to. I forgot. I that, forgot that like, I said manipulation. That. Yeah, that I power. just Bryce talking about like a message that I sent to our unchurched only group chat where, that I just had a random thought at like <laughs> five in the morning, <laughs> where I was just thinking like. 
you know, we, we've talked about it in both of the podcasts, how there's a bunch of just like issues created around people that had either that were both minors that had, you know, age differences or for me, I don't know if I touched on this. <clears throat> yeah. For me, I don't know if I touched on this very much, but when I graduated high school, I was dating someone that was, um, I think she was like 11 months younger than me. Right. And I'm also, uh, young for my grade. Mm. So I'm more like all of my friends, um, were class of 2015 yeah. and I was class of 2014 and she was class of 2015. So I graduated and she was still in high school and there was a couple other people that that happened because it, as it does, especially when you're in youth group, like you're with, a, you're friends with a lot more people that are like kind of across the age spectrum yeah. as opposed to like, if you have friends like in your school, yeah, you're friends with like usually your grade. But, um, no, that happened to me and, and uh, one of our other friends and the amount of like stink that was made toward, for me, I kind of like went under the radar, but I remember like as soon as we started dating, our youth leaders were like, hey, I need like, a, that's when I got like the ass of like the list of boundaries and it was the all list. explained. It was like, you know, we, there's all this stuff that happens between like, you know, youth leaders and youth pastors and we don't want to like, so I remember people would be like, what would the headline like sound like, you know? What? And like, and you're like, okay. I mean, <laughs> we were dating before I graduated or. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and what the no, with our friend, like? like he, they made a huge deal out of it. Um, that he wanted to date someone that was a year younger than him. <laughs> And it was like a whole deal. And they did the same thing that Jesse and Sienna were talking about where they, like if they were talking at church, they'd be like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Um, and then later, the same people, we had someone that worked at the church that was like making advances on... Um, 14-year-old girls. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. And... and like, uh, I don't know all the details of the 14 year old girl story, but I know that he was making advances on someone that I dated. Yeah. Um, and the spectrum I've been, I've seen like the DMS that he, he yeah. sent and she was probably barely 18 and he was in his thirties and the, like, I didn't know she was that young swiping up on like well, it was, long, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but it's like, it's yeah, now thinking about it, it was so long yeah. ago, but then, like, I just didn't even... Yeah, like, swiping up on, like, pictures of her, like, at the beach and being like, do you have any more pics? And stuff like that. Just, like, out of the blue. He also was married with children. Yes. <laughs> and, like, but the amount of excuses that were made oh, for yeah. that person and, like, how his position on staff was like never questioned during that time period, even though by, by the end it was pretty common knowledge that these like advances had happened. Um, and <laughs> it's just so funny to me, like how big of a deal that was, how like big of a deal it was for like me to continue dating someone that happened to like be a grade below me, yeah. um, versus 
an actual predator. Like, yeah. it's just insane. So, yeah, I've been thinking about that at 5 a.m. I just woke up and I was like, they, Damn. Really, they really did that. <laughs> they really did that. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. And people would just go fucking berserk over it. Like, it was just, no, literally, like, it was just wild how much it bothered, like, grown-ass adults. Yeah. Like, grown-ups. Like, 30s, 40s plus yeah. married with kids. Like, why are you in my business like that? What does it matter? Like, yeah. that's what still confuses me is, like, actually, why did it matter? Right. To you. Like, why did it matter to you? Yeah. You know, what I was doing and wasn't doing, you know? Like, right. I was, like, same... People weren't, like, following us around, you know? But there was always, like, if Zach and I were sitting in the office upstairs, like, yeah. by ourselves. Yeah. Somebody walked by, they'd be like, oh, like, we're alone in rooms together now. And I was like, I mean... With my fiance in the office in the church (laughs) that I work at, yeah, I think that's I think that's fine. But you know, haters gonna hate. DML, like the way that I villainized like having a car ride with someone that happened to be the opposite sex of me, like a one-on-one car ride. Like, why? That's just so crazy to think about now. Yeah. Anyways. We won't do a third episode on <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> purity yeah. culture. <laughs> Maybe it's just what we think the most about lately. I mean, it's a it's yeah, a big it fucking deal. It's super. It is a big deal. You don't realize like how much it trickles into everything, and like just how you perceive yourself and how you perceive relationships. Yeah. Even, like not not just romantic relationships, but your friendships too. No, exactly. You know? Yeah. And so. Yeah, because it's. I grew up thinking that if I was a friend, friend, if any friend that I had who was a guy was just friends with me because he saw wifey material, you know. So it's like, golly. Yeah. So that it's just like you look back and it's like, damn. Like now I don't know if I can have like. <laughs> it feels really hard to like have normal relationships yeah. with people of the opposite sex. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm always questioning motive because I was brought up to always question motive and to always assume. And like, I think that has its time and place, but this is not in like a, a healthy way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I hate that. Cause I've always like, um, like been friends with gals, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't like, I guess, more, I don't know, maybe not. But like, I'm just, yeah, no, yeah, I'm just making a joke. But yeah, you have. We've been friends for like yeah. almost 10 years. Yeah, like, and the amount of, like, I remember one time, like, someone was like, so are you interested in Bariah? And I was like, no. no. Like, me and Bariah are literally friends. And, it, yeah. like, like, we're pretty far apart in age. And yes. at the time, it was like, I'm not even thinking weird, about that. Yeah. Like, I was like 17. You were like 23. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a weird age gap. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I was like, no, I just, like, I'm besties with her. <sighs> yeah. Like, her mom is my boss. Right. We all hang out together. Yeah. Like. It was chill. It's <laughs> so weird. Like, just the way that people are like, oh. So, I see you guys are, like, talking. You're like, Yeah. I, yeah. That happened like with a few people mm-hmm. with me too, where like they would come around and we'd be friends. Everyone would be like, "Oh, like, 
what does this mean? And I was like, nothing. Like, it's not like it has nothing to do with me who my family invites to come hang out with us. Right. You know, like it's not <laughs> like um, so like somebody's bringing over a dowry or anything. Like <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. But yeah, so that just I liked what you said about that because I I think we had kind of like alluded to that, but yeah. like putting it into that literal timeline and perspective, it was like oh shit, you know. And you're right, nobody really cared about that or talked about that and. Weird vibes. Weird vibes. So much that happened at camp, too. (laughs) Fucking camp, man. That was the... People, like... I feel like camp is really just like some kind of psychological experiment. Like, it's just an excuse (laughs) to, like, mentally abuse minors for four days straight. (laughs) And you have to pay for it. Yeah. I I honestly, like... I don't know. I talk to people that are like, it's okay, like... I'm not trying to take away from the good from it because I had really good experiences. But then every time I think about the good, I'm like, okay, that actually wasn't good. That actually still wasn't good. It yeah. Move more, more over into the bad category. Yeah. Because I, all of it was just insane. Anyway, are you just are you talking about more like, just like how heavily spiritual it was, and like worship times especially because i know a lot of people like for our church camp but like in most church camps that's like the thing is is, um, but it's only at church camp yeah it's like more intense at church camp yeah Um, yeah because they're breaking you down yeah it's interesting (laughs) uh, because they barely feed you any food yeah you don't get to shower you have to sit in the hot sun all day you know you're drinking warm water from buckets that are sitting in the sun Right. <laughs> and then at literally. night you have to stay up for hours, yeah. like literally hours, worship for three hours, talk and listen to everyone trauma dump for another three hours. Right. It's like, it's just like, that's no. not for kids, like children. Yeah. The way. And then you go back to normal. It's, and it's so, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I had really real experiences, yeah. like in real conversations with people that like sometimes I'm grateful for. Cause also, uh, I don't, it wasn't, it was still this way. I think when you were (laughs) adjusting, uh, when you were a counselor, but when I was like a, um, a high schooler, like for two or three years, there was like almost half the camp was like people that didn't go to church Mm -hmm. with us at all. And, uh, they like only went to camp. They only went to camp and a lot of them were sponsored to go to camp for, from like, um, like at risk youth, like programs. And so, um, it was interesting mix, which I, I honestly was a little used to because going to like private Christian school is kind of similar. Like the, the two people, like (laughs) the two demographics are like kid that got sent there because they got kicked out of school or, or like put in there by his parents because he's about to get kicked out or, it's like kids that have never like that don't know what sex is at like 17 years old. Like <laughs> those are the only two where their shorts way too high. <laughs> and so camp was like that, but like extreme, like one yeah. year, I don't know if this was them being dramatic, but they, we had like bandanas. We had like colors, right? Not the purple. For the teams. <laughs> and they, 
like made a whole thing. I don't remember if I was like a leader at the time, but I, I was in a conversation where they were like, yeah, we can't do red and blue teams because it makes purple. No, no, no. Because of like Crips and Bloods. And I don't know if that was them. Honestly, I don't know if that was them what? being dramatic. It feels like... That's the thing they were looking out for? <laughs> Real. <laughs> yeah. But also, Ugh. like, knowing some of the conversations that I would like would hear happening in my tent, I was like, okay. This <laughs> like, is, maybe. Yeah. But, like, I also... It's so weird looking back because, like, I don't know if that was me because I was definitely more sheltered kid yeah. vibes. And so I don't know if that was me. Like we live in fucking Olympia, Washington. Right. Like, and I'm sure there were some people from like, I don't know, more like parts of Washington where there are legitimately like gang, there, there is like gang activity, mm-hmm. but it seems weird to me that there would be that level right. of like concern. Yeah. But I don't know. It's you not like it know. wasn't like an at-risk youth camp. Right. I do know people that like I became friends with them on Facebook later and like kind of got to know them. And I was like, oh, yeah, like there was a couple – there was like a counselor that was like on probation, like at, getting out of prison. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and like he was, he was a cool guy. I bet. Yeah. There's bet something different about – oh, there's something different about people that – either like people that came to Christ from like coming out of prison and crime or like heavy drug addiction. Mm. That is like a different level. Like it's way more so, black and white. Yeah. And there's so much intensity with those, like that type of person. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Like my grandpa um, was, incarcerated for a really long time and was a drug dealer and he's like that's something about that like mind like after coming out of addiction you know or um being incarcerated like you need more of a rigid mindset like there can't be gray area and so it does cause like a lot more just like fundamentalist religious behavior because right. yeah. there, there just needs to be black and white. Yeah, that that person needs like a structure yeah. that is conducive to like uh, a healthy lifestyle, which supposedly is what Christianity is. Um, but I mean, yeah. it really like you know. I guess I'm not on here plugging Christianity <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Better than but, like you know. <laughs> I think it, but like it's it's interesting though what that does. Yeah. For people. Right. You know, like religion. Yeah. How that pulls people to a different place, you know, because it it did pull my grandpa out of addiction. Right. Like it did. It pulled him out of addiction. He stopped selling drugs. He like got his life together and took care of his family. Yeah. I'm like, is he kind of? A religious butt sometimes, yes. Right. Um, but like he stopped. <laughs> right. You know, because he felt like he had this encounter with God. Yeah. You know, and, and that's like I feel like I hear that that kind of story all the time with people. Yeah. You know, it was like for something about that, like is just really inspiring. Yeah. To that demographic. And it's it's interesting because you know for people like us, we get out of it and we're like whoa Thank like God. that was crazy you yeah. know yeah you know it's like literally i can't believe that i ever dedicated my life to that yeah um 
But it's not a, uh, it's like a thank God I got out of that. But like now, uh, it makes, it, it makes things way harder. Yeah. Like, um, like kind of, you feel like aimless and you have to kind of, you know, relearn what all of your ethics are, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and that's not like a fun thing to do you know it's really easy when it's all kind of like decided for you especially when you're like a fundamentalist and you're like this is so black and white like but um you know it like that again it like has its it has its its benefits and then you you get to a point in fundamentalism that i think like culture has is like getting to this point where it's like you know, uh, like gathering people together and having the common bonds and having even like a religious common bond. Just some kind of community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's really helpful to people. It helps people like get out of whatever. But like when you introduce uh, ultra fundamentalism, right. meaning like or like dogma yeah. or um, whatever it is, like that side of it. And like I feel like that's a lot of like I want to emphasize on the podcast is because like um we talk about like the church a lot and i think like people could conflate that with us talking about like christians as a whole or Mm -hmm. christianity as a whole um and because we happen to live in america the majority like there's so much cultural christianity there's so much like uh, evangelical like expressions of christianity and there's so much like uh like cultural, like kind of like Americanized Christianity, like where people associate Christianity with like the propagation of like capitalism as well. And, and it's like, you know, you don't even like think about how at odds the actual values of Jesus are with like Mm -hmm. (laughs) capitalism, especially like like Reaganomics, greed is good capitalism, Mm -hmm. like just like (laughs) fucking polar opposites. But, That's like, you know, that's the majority of what we're like critiquing and trying to say like, hey, this is really bad. Um, But like, you know, religious experience and thought and uh, questioning and like curiosity is not, you know, and it's helpful to people and it's helpful to people to have some sort of like worldview that is you know that is helpful i I think like um for me personally like you i've realized that you know no one's gonna hand it to me Mm -hmm. you know you have to observe the world as like the person and like the body that you were born into and um you know experience different people's experience, you know, even read texts like the Bible and you have to, at the end of the day, you have to decide, you know, what kind of person am I going to be? What do I see as good and bad? And, um, I think too, like I can hear the alarm bells going off in my Mm -hmm. own brain. Like when I talk about this of like someone, like when I was more fundamentalist of like, well, that's just, someone could just say like, I think murder is good. And therefore like, that's my own ethic or whatever. 
and I just think that's a silly like argument, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, you know when we talk about this, um, you have to realize that like I don't know. There, there's a level of um, like there's a level of ethics that we can all kind of agree on. And there's a lot of like good reasons that those ethics exist. Um, and I'm not really the kind of person to like scientifically explain why that <laughs> happens. You know, I, I think that's just kind of how people and society have evolved. I think that, um, what like quote the church, you know, or organized religion does is it acts like, and tells you that it can save you. Right. Right. And I think that's what gets people so engaged. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, I'm honestly to some level like addicted. Yeah. You know, is because we're constantly the the solvent to all of our problems is just to be saved. Right. Right. You know, um, and like I look back at that a lot in my own life because I constantly, even though I'm out of it and I have been for you know, almost three years, um, I constantly think I'm going to hell. Right. I, every, I, like every time I do something or I think something that like goes against what I was brought up to believe, I'm like, Oh, I actually can't think that, or I can't say that out loud yeah. or I need to like immediately do something to reverse that because I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's the dogmatism. It's the trying to, you know, boil everything, all of, morality and ethics down to hella black and white Mm -hmm. um it's like feeling like you know making people feel like they can't make any moral decisions for themselves i feel like that is what really like like the big difference between kind of like what we're saying and what fundamentalists believe is like if you're a fundamentalist, you're like, you know, I can't decide what's good and bad. Yeah. And that's kind of just, um, I don't, it seems, it seems to me to be wrong, right. <laughs> like just logically. And it, it also seems to be not effective. You know, yeah. if you don't believe, if you just believe like, we'll go back to like sex and purity culture. Mm-hmm. If you just believe that like, I'm just a sexual being, I have no goodness in me. This is like my flesh. I'm battling against my flesh. And um, everything in my body tells me I want to do something, but like that's just my flesh and I have to go against it and do the opposite, like whatever the spirit says. Um, that's like, it doesn't produce good results. You know, it produces yeah. like, a, like people that are super addicted to porn. Um, like, it produces people that just like constantly are um, like it's rampant in the church, like people cheating on their spouses, pastors cheating on their spouses um, and uh, even worse things Mm -hmm. like abuse. Because when you learn to associate all of your sexual desire with like, you know, the greatest evil in the universe, you know, and, and it's, it becomes so black and white that you can't be like, you can't have like a measured response to it yeah. in your brain. You can't be like, no, I like, I have this thing and like I've decided it wouldn't be the most helpful for me, even though it's like there's a dichotomy of like right. something that I want, but I don't think it would be great in the long term. And you can't even like start to have that conversation if you 
um, don't learn to like listen to like what you want and like what your yeah. body wants. And that like we talk about like sex a lot um, and like purity culture, but like that seeps into like so many other mm-hmm. things. Um, and that's uh, just, that's wild. Yeah. That's, I think that's an interesting point that you're bringing up too. It's like they are trying to, I feel like for me, the whole point is that they're just trying to convince humans to be like God. Right. When God isn't a human. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like here, you need to follow all of these standards and you are pieces of this being. Yeah. Right. And you, so you need to like continue to strive to just embody this being. Right. But this being is omniscient and omnipotent Mm. and like, you know, like, does that yeah. make sense? You know, and it's like, how am I as a human supposed to right. like embody something that's metaphysical? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like make that make sense. You yeah. know, like that's God. Yeah. Isn't a, like a human being. I always think it's so funny. Um, like, I think the answer would be like, you know, you're supposed to strive to be like Christ like. Right. And like, I'm like, cool. That is great. He like hated rich people and um like said you know it's harder for a rich person to get to heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle he like most of the new testament is like like him arguing roasting people it's him arguing it's him roasting religious people it's him saying like so you've heard it said to you but truly i say to you it's him interpreting the scriptures and the teachings of his time differently than how they were interpreted Mm -hmm. like that's the whole that's the whole like sermon on the mount is like you've heard this said but truly i say to you and it's like okay if if i'm supposed to emulate that if i'm supposed to be like that then why can't i i look at jesus and be like i see if i you know look at who he was and the attitudes he had and the like general um love and care for poor people and Uh, all of this that he brought into the world, then why would I like dare to tell someone that happens to be a woman and love a woman or be a man and love a man? Why would I tell that person that they're going to hell or that they can't get married or that they um, can't like sing on my worship team at my church? Like that seems antithetical to Mm -hmm. like what, like Jesus of Nazareth would do in today's age because, but it's so normal that people say that because it's just like, it's dogmatized. It's not like you're actually trying to be Christ. You're trying to be like this random dude 2000 years ago. The embodiment of God. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Anyways. Is that not what it is though? Yeah. They're telling us to be this thing, and then we become this thing. Right. But it's not at all what we're supposed to be, for multiple reasons, other than the fact that we're just people. Right. We're just little people, you know? Like, just little people. Yeah, just little, tiny, little on people a little, on little a little, planet. tiny planet. Um, I'm, damn, I just boiled that shit down. <laughs> My email is going crazy. Wait. Shut up. I'm like, Wow. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Then we try so hard to be God. Yeah. 
well, always an angel, never a god, you know? <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> Me I and- just shattered my entire reality, guys. I know that probably <laughs> wasn't as, like, crazy to anyone listening, but I'm like, oh, my God. She's reeling. That's what they did. She's in the fetal position right now. <laughs> That's what they did right now. Um, okay, so... <laughs> The face you're making is, do we need to let you recover? No, it's chill. It's chill. Um, I'm just feeding off of your energy, and I feel like you, that didn't shatter your reality, so now I'm just being dramatic. (laughs) But really, I'm over here like, oh my God. Oh my God. I thought I was God for like 18 years. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, What we wanted to do with this episode mostly is, well, one, We've been going for a long time in our episodes. <laughs> Not on purpose. You didn't <laughs> We'd just be rambling. You like to talk. We'd just be ranting and rambling for ranting and rambling. two hours. Um, so Which we, is two hours for you. It's like actually like four yeah, hours for us. I don't know about four, but yeah, at least like, well, four if you include like getting there, like setting everything up. Well, last time it was like four. Really? Yeah, because remember when we did it with Jesse, it was like three. Uh-huh. That was still a two-hour episode. Yeah. And then you said that we went even longer with Sienna. No, we went. We we went this like a similar amount. Oh, well, regardless, <laughs> we'd be talking too much. Yeah, I know. We talked the one with Jesse though. We talked for like half an oh hour before I actually so used any of the. <laughs> my head hurt so fucking bad. <laughs> Literally, like we had, we it was like midnight. And I was just sitting there and you guys were talking and I was literally just zoning out. And I was, all I could think about was how I couldn't wait to get home and take some ibuprofen. Yeah. It's like that feeling when you, you like, remember what it tastes like when your head hits your pillow. And that's what I felt. I was like, this is so good, but I also do not feel good right now. I was like, I have been straight. Wait, that, on a roll for like three hours. I do not feel good. That reminded me of something, but okay. So. We wanted mostly this episode to just be like <laughs> little, little Gabin, you know, little just little, Gabin little and talking. And then uh, we're going to read two or three submissions. I know there's one submission on here that's like super long. So we'll see if we, we should. It's like two parts technically. Okay. Um, but that reminded what you just said reminded me. You said like the taste of your pillow. <laughs> I saw this TikTok or something. I don't know mm-hmm. where I saw it, but it was like, um, you can look at anything in like in whatever room you're in like and taste it and taste it you can oh yeah feel how it would like feel how it would feel on your tongue and ever since i th- i heard that are you tripping <laughs> ever since i heard that i look at i just sometimes i'll be in a room and i'll be like i know exact i know how cold it would be i know it's so i so like listeners i want you to close your eyes yep what does i want you to raise your hands like oh my gosh <laughs> just kidding sorry Repeat after me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but for real, you should look at whatever's in the room with you right now. And like, I swear you will know what that will feel like. feels like if it was to touch your And tongue. then you need to go lick it to check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real. <laughs> so. I just had to say that. <laughs> had to give a little. No, that's not. I like that. A I little like advice. Yeah. Okay. Which one do you want to read or do you want me to read? Mm, let's go back and forth. Are we doing the long ass one? Which one is that? Number five. 
Oh, I love this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, we can just do what, like, paragraph by paragraph? Or is um, that too often? You just, like, pause when, like, it's a good pausing point. Okay. And then I'll I'll take. Okay, this is a long one, y'all. Bear with us, but it's good. I promise. Wait till the end. Okay. <clears throat> I started going to one of the big local churches kind of by accident. New to the area and desperate for community, I ended up at one of the numerous events they held to attract outsiders to come inside. Military nights, date nights, trunk or treat. They never came to meet you where you were. They always had some draw to lure you in. And it works, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> we know. Um, <laughs> we came for the event and everyone was just so nice. So nice. Like it couldn't have been orchestrated better if they were, I don't know, planning how to appear to be really nice so people would come back in. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> the shade. Um, from that day on, I was the poster child for what they wanted to see. The unchurched person coming in, getting baptized, converting her entire family and life to the church. I was desperate to belong, to be a part of this shiny church family. They advertised through the best marketing campaigns. I wanted to be part of the church, the church's in crowd. Everyone did. The leaders seemed to be untouchable and pretty well liked. There was a clear division between us and them. And all of us believed that if we came, if we became them, we would unlock a secret door to heaven, or at least a greater amount of blessings for those who were clearly God's favorite. I want to say it's really interesting, like hearing that because <clears throat> I feel like you wouldn't, like, if I was in church and I heard that, I would be like, "Well, that's not supposed to be like that. Like, yeah, that's a wrong right. way of looking at it." But the amount of like, but it is. But how many, like, how many times have you heard that? And it's, it like, it definitely is on purpose. And if I look back at like, she's talking about, mm. it's almost as if it was orchestrated for everyone to see. Yeah. They, there was like trainings that I was a part of where it was like how to like. Get people to. Yeah. How to like part. seem nicer. How to, rem- how to remember yeah. people's names when yeah. they come back. Oh like, which uh, like some Say of it. five times when you talk to them. Like he, this dude, um, he was from Saddleback Church. Yeah. Um, Rick Warren, shout out. I think he was like Rick Warren's like like executive pastor. Like he was pretty high up there. Yeah. The purpose driven church or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's just such an interesting name. <laughs> Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. <laughs> Rick Warren. Um no, but he would talk he did a training one time and he was like I keep like a note in a notepad and I write down like their name mm-hmm. and like something about them. Oh yeah. And it's like, I mean, Weird. one, is it, that is a good idea to like remember people's names. You know, I never do it, but sometimes but do you, like, cause I remember us walking around the lobby being like, uh-huh. hello, what's your name? And what's one fun fact about you? Right. With my phone out, <laughs> like no open. And these bitches are like, <laughs> I That's also such you. a weird, yeah, such a weird, like, yeah. interaction to have. Like, it's almost like you're on one of those TikTok videos where they're like. <laughs> <laughs> what song are you listening to? <laughs> that, like, you have your phone out. You're like, Jessica <laughs> likes Jessica. Taylor Swift. And you're like, <laughs> cool. I'm going to remember that about you. And how are you sitting right now? <laughs> <laughs> and so now tough. I need you to disclose all of your sexual <laughs> sin. What are the boundaries in your relationship? <laughs> Just so I know, just somewhere. Okay. Uh, so dumb. Sorry, that was a tangent, but. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's interesting. Uh, do you want me to read? Sure. 
It turned out <clears throat> what really made people like me was serving at the church. The more I gave my time and energy, aka free labor, the more <laughs> I was noticed and accepted. The more, quote unquote, leadership, <laughs> aka f- extreme free labor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I took on the more friends I had. Everyone loved me when I was working the equivalent of a full-time job for free. And for me, I was just happy to be invited. That's how desperate I was to belong. And they were all too happy to take everything I had. Wait, yeah. And they were all too happy to take everything I had to give and then some. I want to reiterate the way that this person is like describing like the steps of like like that what she's describing is like being emotionally manipulated Mm -hmm. into serving your time but like you wouldn't if you're in the church world or if you're a christian you wouldn't say that's what it is right right? you wouldn't recognize it as that but like think about the way that that's all concocted because it is very on purpose like we're saying it's super on purpose that they're like well we just want people to come in and get plugged in Mm -hmm. and you know find community and it's like to one part of it, you know, that's just human psychology. Like you bond with people better when you're doing things, but the, it's so accurate. Like in these church environments where the more you do, the more important you are, the mm-hmm. more opportunities mm-hmm. like, and it's like a freaking whirlpool. Like, and she's describing so well, like kind of going into the whirlpool. Yeah. Um, hmm. Anyways. Okay. So, during this time, I became close to someone who was on paid staff who wasn't like this. She was genuine and just wanted to do a good job. Like me, she came to the church looking for a family and to belong. Like me, she served constantly until they offered her a position in their very high turnover staff because the pastor's son and daughter had left suddenly. More on this later. <laughs> oh, yes. There's plenty more on that. Uh, this... By the way, the church and the if, if this and is the story and I, I won't say, but if this is the story and like person that, the person yeah. that I think it is based on what I know, Context this please. is this is also the church that Brian mm-hmm. and I uh, went to. So Capital Christian Center. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, where was I? This person. Um, this person worked every single day of the week, but nothing was ever enough for this church. It was never good enough, never successful enough. You were never told what you did wrong, just that you were meeting some kind of, you weren't meeting some kind of bar Mm -hmm. that you never knew what it was. Eventually, this person ended up having to leave the staff because it was so bad for their mental health. She left and she was tossed aside, disrespected, and all but forgotten because she was no longer of any use. The machine waits for no one. That's also just, she put like a line break and that is like its own line. And that was a badass sentence for real. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, you go. Okay. And here's where the worst part, or here's where the worst of me begins. I was friends with this person. I saw firsthand how awful things were for her. I saw how horribly she was treated, how carelessly she was thrown to the side after she gave years of her life to try and win their approval. Not just her, but her entire family. But because I was the closest person to the job she did, and because they needed someone to fill the gap, sound familiar, they offered me her job, and I accepted it. Why would I do that? After reflecting, I realized it was because they are experts at grooming people to get what they want. They will use any means necessary. The pastor will meet with you and tell you all the ways you are special, that you are called for this job for this time, that they'll give you anything you need to support the vision, your leadership. 
You will feel like the most incredible person to ever live. You will believe that this is God's plan for your life, and you will dismiss any struggle or terrible interaction as the way he wants to grow you in this season or wants to refine you in the fire or that you must not be spiritually sound enough. There was another in the fire. (laughs) Um, And that will be true at first, but somewhere things will begin to change. During your time on staff, you'll never be directly told what you do wrong. You'll just get iced out of conversations or another staff member will be tasked to come talk to you about things they don't like a.k.a. things the pastor doesn't like. You will accept less than a living wage because you will be made to feel like you're doing it for Jesus. Amen, sister. (laughs) Your job duties will be shifted monthly until you're doing two or three jobs at a time. And then when you don't do them to some kind of invisible standard, someone else will be brought in to take parts of your work and you will have no choice but to work with them. Mm -hmm. This is so accurate. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Um, You will never have the chance to do... Uh, you'll never have the chance to directly confront anything you dislike because you have to get the um, you have to get to the pastor first, and he is an expert at putting other people directly in his path in his path um, to defend and deflect for him. Mm-hmm. There are no performance reviews, no dispute mediations, no clear job expectations. There's just some invisible target that you might hit sometimes, and you'll be the star of the show for the week. Otherwise, you'll be put down, cold shouldered, and treated like an outcast. You will slowly imagine you're going crazy. <laughs> when my friend, uh, when my friend heard I got hired, she told me she was surprised because the HR lady, who is also the CFO, of course, not that this conflicts, <laughs> and then she had like an eye roll emoji, <laughs> told her that she couldn't hire you for a previous part-time position because she checked your tithe statement and she didn't tithe, or oh and God. you didn't tithe enough to be considered committed enough to <gasps> take a job. That's real. That's super real. Absolutely happens. Um, I've heard like the back conversations about, I've heard conversations even, um, back in the day where it was like, I, like, I want to have this person leading worship more. Um, but they don't tithe enough and I don't know, like, I don't want to honor that. (gasps) Yeah. Um, anyways, Uh, which was only revoked once they needed someone to fill the gaps, something we'd see again and again and is still happening to this day. During my year on the staff, I saw almost a complete staff turnover. Almost every high-level staff member left and was replaced with someone else. Looking back, I cannot believe more people didn't question this. A healthy church staff doesn't see 10 people quit in a year, but they are so good at twisting the story, at convincing us all to protect the church, keep our mouths closed. Don't ruin, pe- don't ruin people's spiritual walks. If you speak up against the church, you are being decisive. Divisive. I divisive. Think, yeah. You're gossiping. If you're upset, that's your issue, your heart. We don't hold leadership accountable. We can't stop for everyone who is mad. Oof. The church <laughs> is full of people and people will hurt you, so it's not our fault. <laughs> Nor do we need to be accountable for anything. And if anyone speaks up for you, if they say, if they stay friends with you, if they listen to you, they are punished. So they just don't. It's no surprise that when I left the staff after a year, I wrote my resignation letter that I did not align with the values of the church leadership and it was best if I stepped down. And that was that. Never a thank you or a goodbye or a meeting to talk it through. I wrote a letter. I had my last day. Someone new came on and it was like it never happened. Literally. Yep. Uh, Go ahead. Yep. Uh, That should have been the end of that. 
but of course I was still so deeply woven into the church that I didn't know where else to go. So I stayed, and I continued to excuse every bad behavior because good things happen here too. I continued Mm -hmm. to attend and serve and worked on myself because clearly it was my spiritual deficiencies that caused me to step down. Mm. I blamed myself for not being holy or good enough to just withstand all of the negative things. So I stayed and hung my head in shame. Mm. And that's why the story doesn't end here because I absolutely do not know how to let go of people. The first run on staff at this church wouldn't be my last. About a year later, I was in a healthier place comparatively, but still giving away all my labor for free and revolving my life around the church. After a few more staff changes, a lot of my friends were now freshly on the executive staff. There was an air of optimism for a fresh start. We were either optimistic or naive enough to believe if we just work hard enough, we could change the culture in that place. I asked to come back on staff for an entirely new role. Or I was asked to come back on staff for an entirely new role, a fresh start. I was gifted and called, and they would do anything it took to help me be successful. Wait, we've heard this before. <laughs> um, and to be fair, for a while, it wasn't so bad. Ah, that hurts. <laughs> Surrounded by a team I genuinely enjoyed with people, who were still fresh enough to believe that we were to believe in what we were doing, we moved forward. We worked together through some huge roadblocks and disagreements, faced the COVID-19 pandemic, and generally tried to do the best we could. I just want to say, like, oh my God. I, so, like, uh, again, if this is the person that I assume it is, that's the time period I assume it is, that's when I became the music director. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for me to read that. Um, and I really wanted to read this story. Um, when I when I read it, I wanted to read it on the podcast because I just wanted to like... <sighs> sorry. <laughs> like, it's so difficult to like have this dichotomy of like what she's saying is is so true like like there's like a moment or like a you know a couple moments where it was like I really felt like there there was something special happening you know and my life like truly had so much meaning and um yeah it, it makes it makes it so hard to like be in the position that I'm at now. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just want to like, there's, there's more to this story. I won't finish it, but like, I just want to say like, thank you for writing this. And, um, and if you're listening to this and you've been on like church staff or just been a super like high demand leader, in the church, like, and you felt this way, like you're definitely not alone. Um, and you know, like message us and we can talk about it. It's, you know, yeah, I just, I appreciate this person saying that, um, and, and describing it the way she did. Okay. I'm gonna let you read (laughs) because I'm struggling. (laughs) 
know. This is an intense one. It's yeah. intense, especially like considering the fact that it we were probably people involved, you know, and like it was at the church that we yeah. <laughs> all attended together, you know, like it's it's intense to read it because yeah, it it's all facts. Yeah. And it does, it's like we talked about this too, you know, you dedicate your life to something, your entire life to it. And then you make the decision to step away and it's all gone. Yeah. You know, like she said, you don't get a thank you. You don't get a goodbye. Nobody reaches out to you. You know, it's like, yeah, that's it. Peace out. (laughs) Yep. That's all you get. And so, yeah, it's super fucking hard. (sighs) Okay. At the time, that's what I believed. Now I look back and I am ashamed of some of the things that happened. The ways I justified things, how I believed that some things were okay because I was taught that church was the most important thing. I could write an entire post on this topic, but in short, I've had to work through and apologize for so many things I have done over the years that are entirely out of character because I was so programmed on what perspectives I should have on certain things. Things were humming... What's that? Humming along, yeah. Okay, things are humming along at the normal dysfunctional pace. (laughs) Then one day during a routine staff meeting, the church planters walked in. The CPs were legends around the church. Church planters. That's <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. Um, the way that this is written is so, so good. Oh, I love it. Um, the CPs were legends around the church, but I had never met them in person. Rumor had it that they left suddenly. Remember the gaps from the previous post? But they generally weren't well liked, so no one seemed to care why they left by the time I started attending. In they came, the per- picture of perfect- perfection and sweetness. They told us their story of why they left, the healing they had done since, and how they'd come back to join us occasionally to just be a part of our church family. I can say that they were welcomed with open arms, with most of us feeling like it was the right thing to have a family reunited at last. The CPs made it a point to invite each staff member to lunch to get to know us better. They made a great show of the effort, and we all tried to return it back. When they first arrived, they said they would... um, They would just be coming around to get a feel for things. The next week, they sat in meetings with each one of us to talk about our goals. The next week, we had to produce numbers to justify everything we were doing, from cold calling potential small group leaders to how many people we followed up with a week or how many people we got committed each week. Real. Oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. You want to go ahead? Yeah. The next week, they pulled every one of our church database records and made us explain every note we ever left. That is so wild. Um, and ones we didn't leave. They highlighted anything they didn't like with a note to fix it by the next week. There was a lot of smiling and pleasant talk through gritted teeth and unspoken or and an unspoken or else. Hmm. By the next week, they were making us run through every service component time <laughs> after time until we got every inflection of our voices right. I was made to run through announcements so many times I left in tears after critique after critique of the specific inflection of my voice. Worship leaders had to scrap song sets completely and had to justify the tempo or arrangements. Sound people had to run through each component 15 times. The rule was perfection at all costs. They would stand next to each of us as we did our ministry jobs, just off to the side so we knew what they were watching. The next week, we would receive a list of things that could be improved upon with a hard day to do so. Our personalities or vision for our ministry were no longer allowed to be a factor. 
It was as if someone took all of the strange ambiguity of the past where you had to hit some imaginary mark with no idea what it was and went completely to the opposite end of the spectrum. Now it was absolute perfection every time with no exceptions or you would be berated, humiliated, and possibly let go because you couldn't be good enough. We all had whiplash trying to keep up with these new expectations that came out of nowhere from these people that we didn't have any idea what kind of power they actually had over us. No one would say, um, no one would say if, and if, oh my God, no one would say, and if directly confronted, they were still trying, just trying to help out. In the weeks leading up to Easter, we were put through a grueling process of proving our perfect preparations the alliteration there. Um, we had one last rehearsal where the the male CP was obviously infuriated, and we all went through it again and again in relative silence as he scowled at us with arms folded. This was a hard departure from the perfect faces that forward faced the crowds each week. Oh, it's so accurate. <laughs> Good Friday service came, and it was awful. That's another story for another person to tell. <laughs> and then Easter Sunday came and the CPs were nowhere to be found. They just disappeared. Easter Sunday, same. Oh, uh, Easter mm-hmm. Saturday and then Easter Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of us were all were working all seven services that weekend, doing everything we could to stay alive, not even seeing our own families. After micromanaging us for a few months, the CPs just didn't show up until the last service of Easter. They walked in dressed in all white. They went to service, never lifted a finger or helped anyone out, and then they left to enjoy their Easter. The CPs didn't come back for a while. We were never told anything specific, anything specific, just that they were, quote-unquote, taking some time off. That went on for a few weeks until one day they had showed back up again, and it was clear. They had left until they got what they wanted, and what they wanted was far more control. They threw a fit that they won, and from that moment on, there was no way to stop them from getting whatever they wanted next. We all started to realize that the CPs were perfectly presented, but it was all very controlled. Do you want to read the last little part? Sure. On the outside, I can see why people want to follow them. They have a certain aesthetic that has been carefully crafted. They have been in church their entire lives and they know how to sell it themselves, their story, whatever it takes. But the closer you get to them, the more you see the cracks. As long as you're following them, agreeing with them, letting them lead you, you'll find them most wonderful. It's all so pleasant until it's not. As more staff turnover started to happen, I looked around and finally saw the craziness that my life had become. It was like one day the blinders were dropped from my eyes and I thought and I saw things as they truly were, not what I wanted them to be. Suddenly, every single thing that I had tried to justify was revealed to me. I was my own worst scam artist, and I knew it was time to leave, like really truly leave but that would be a fallout in and of itself. This person needs to write a book for real. Um, yeah, no, that's, um, I forgot about some of that stuff. That's intense. I, I wasn't there for a lot of that. Um, we I, were there for when they made us like, yeah, tell us exactly what we were doing every yep. single hour we clocked in for. Yep. Um, and, and then I, they moved you to hourly. Uh, I left before they did that. Right oh. before, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. I didn't know that. Or, yeah, no, I did. Because I never really, like, clocked in or anything. Yeah. But um, they were talking about it when I left and having like, us. Maybe. I was in the meetings of, like, what are you doing? Let's make some goals. Let's make a list of things we can improve. 
da 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 this is good, this is positive, it's new. And I was like, I was, I already had told people that I was leaving. Yeah. So like, I was like, you, you know. You weren't like hella invested. Yeah, I was like, again. you know, good. Like that's, <laughs> we need some maybe new direction. Right. You guys, not you, not them, but like the staff and the staff leadership handled COVID pretty poorly mm-hmm. overall. So it's good. We could have some new direction and organization and maybe like, I was just like, maybe we won't have to um, like have just two people setting up the sound every week, you know, <laughs> um, for drive-in church. But um, no. And the end, um, what this person said, uh, when it's like one day the blinders fell off. Mm -hmm. That's like such a difficult moment. Like when I talk to people about it, that maybe are still like Christians or still in the church and don't quite get it. It's like when you have that moment, like when you look around and you're like, Oh fuck. Like this is all like rotten to the core. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like it, something just snaps and you're like, I've been making excuses for this and this and this and this and this. And then the only thing left is like, I've just been making excuses for the whole thing. And, and it's like happened time and time again, all of this, ter- all these terrible things, all these casting aside of people, all of, all of it, you know, um, and I, I can't do that anymore. You know, it's it's killing me. Yeah. Do you remember what yours was? Because I remember what mine was. <sighs> there's a couple. Um, there's one moment that I had. Uh, I can't think of a specific moment for Capital. I've talked about the one where I almost said the pastor's name. The pastor chewed me out. Mm-hmm. I talked about that on the first podcast. That was a big one where I was like, that might have been it for me yeah. I, I, where I was like. Just so dehumanizing. Yeah. I was like, it, it was that. And it was like, yeah, like this means something different yeah. than, than what we all say it does. Right. And, and then I could see that back in, I could see that back through time and the things that he had said and done. And then I could see that back through time and the things that, the former worship pastor had said and done and the former executive pastor had said and done and all these people. And I was like, Oh yeah. What am I doing here? And then with Christianity in general, I worked at a church in Florida when I was still trying to figure out like my Christianity. And I, I might've also briefly talked about this, but, um, it was just this dude and he put up, it was the dude that put up the slide that was like, if God's not real, then Hitler did nothing wrong or something. Um, and it was him saying like, it was him saying like, uh, I don't know exactly what moment of that night, but at one point he did say like, um, the reason that homosexuality is maybe not exists, but like homosexual marriage is, uh, legal is because straight people gave up on marriage a long time ago. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. What? I was just like, oh, I was just like, oh, cause it was so stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was such, like, it was such a stupid, and, it, but it was like, he had a full room of like a captive audience. He's like an author that came. Oh my 
a ghost. Um, he wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Oh. Yeah. Um, a pretty famous author, pretty famous book. Captivated Damn. audience. People came from other churches. People were so into it. And he said that. And I was like, this? Like, I was like, we're the bad much. guys. Yeah. Like, I'm the bad guys right now. Like, yeah. what are you saying? Like, are you being oh for real? Gosh. You know, like, like, <laughs> what? just so ridiculous. So fucking weird. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that was, that was a really long one. <laughs> Should we just kind of like, sit, like yeah, sit on I that? that? And because the other ones are not short either. No, I think that's good. I think that was a good one. Um, yeah. I there's one that's like not super long. Um, that I could read and maybe we could just kind of read it and and end with that. Okay. Um, I did want to share yeah. though, my moment. Oh just fuck! I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Geez, Zach, rude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, because people need to know. People need to know. Yeah. But. Yeah. What? Okay. So, what was your moment? Yeah. Thank you for asking. You're um, <laughs> it was when. Me and my boss at the time, who may or may not have had familiar relations to me, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) were pulled into a meeting (laughs) with the pastor. And he, first he was going on and on about how the stuff that I was making wasn't good design-wise. And he knew because he made street signs as a first (sighs) shop. I was like, you mean the ones that like are pre-made, like the ones that have been the same for years? Okay, <laughs> the ones that say stop. <laughs> That's, I'm so glad you know everything about marketing. Um, sorry, I was so sassy, but and then he proceeded to tell us that um, we he was upset because we didn't. Um, we weren't coming across as diverse enough. And so he Ugh. told me that I needed to like seek out families of color and take pictures of them and post them on our Instagram. And he told my boss, who was in charge of all the creative arts stuff, like worship at the time, that she needed to pe- put more people of color on stage, even if they couldn't sing, just mute their mics because like we had an image to uphold. And we like were trying to bring in more families of color. Yeah. And it was like, like you eat, I feel like in theory, someone saying like, we really need to diversify our team is fine, but that's not what he was saying. It's not the, it's not. Yeah. He was not saying we need to divide, like we need more diversity in our team. He was saying like, I don't care what you do, but like, we have like an image to uphold. Yeah. Yeah. It's the marketing. It's, uh, Yeah. And he just said that, and I was just like, it was the fact that he was like, I don't care if their mics are muted. Yeah. Like, just put them up there. And it was like, you just, you care about, like, bodies. Yeah. You know, you don't care about people. Bless <laughs> you. Okay. I'm good. Anyways. Oh, wait, see that last that part again? bad or makes sense. Yeah. I said, you care about bodies, you don't care about people. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, there was so many moments like that that I had. I remember we used to do like way back, they used to do black history month, like 
for Black History Month, we would do like gospel music and we would do like all this stuff and like have people like the people of color like lead more or whatever. Yeah. And every time, every year it came around, I would just be in the meeting and I'd be like, this seems ridiculous. Like, let's just do that. If we want to do that, let's just like do that more. But don't, it's weird that it's like for four weekends in February. Yeah. We're putting on a show. Yeah. And for uh, the con like I guess for the context of mine too, like this was the summer of twenty twenty. Yeah. It wasn't like this was like just casually. Like yeah. this was like after George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. You know? And like there was Black Lives Matter protests happening down the street from the yeah. church building. You know, like it wasn't it's bad regardless, but yeah. it wasn't like a passing statement. Like it was very pointed and motivated. Yeah. And it's also it's not And it, I also had to beg, like absolutely beg for them to allow me to write a statement about yeah. what was happening and post it on the social media. And uh, they didn't want to come across as divisive. Right. That that just uh that describes the frustration yeah. that you're feeling so well because like like the, their reaction, like the church's reaction to George Floyd was like to have Dave and like the um only like executive like teaching pastor who is black teach together kind of like for a weekend. Mm -hmm. And then they, they had like a guest pastor who was black. And then there was like one or two weekends where it was kind of like talked about and addressed. And I remember someone used the word bad apples. Um, and I'm like, fucking stop. Why? Why bad apples? Why right now? Why after George Floyd? Like that's the worst. Oh. <laughs> That's the worst, like, possible phrase you could right. say right now. Um, and and then we just kind of moved on. That's what it's like. Nobody wanted to talk about it because they all were just gonna sound like whatever the yeah. church sounded like. And it's so like, like it's better for us to just not share our opinions, right? And it's like, hey, if you want, I'm gonna pull you aside in the meeting. Yeah, if you want, like, people of color to show up at your church and to make it so you don't have to like go out of your way Be an ally. to like, yeah, I don't fucking like we, like I ranted, I ranted about it last time, but like, yeah, like, Hey, uh, we need but some a like, little bit of work in. we need some like systematic change yeah. in this country. We could be a voice in like the, our community talking about that, but you know, no, we don't want to be divisive. It's not like any like church or like pastor ever in the history of America has like talked about, race oh and you know it's not like there was a reverend who like marched on washington and fucking <laughs> that's always so funny to me it's like if martin luther king was like alive today and like preaching people would be like bro he's like he's part of the woke mob oh my gosh. like well that's <laughs> never mind like, but yeah that was just that was a moment where i was just like I was just like, damn, you know, like, okay. Yeah. And then I didn't, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to go. Like, that's just so, yeah, it's performative. That's what it was. It was just so performative. No, real. And it was so motivated. And it was like, if you care about people, any kind of people, then you would preach that. Yeah. But you don't, and you don't. And it, it's, it was just like, 
Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like just like that moment of like, oh, this is this is performing. Yeah, it was like whoa, whoa. Yeah. All right. Um, in the interest of of yeah, our time, um, I'm gonna read this story, um, and then we'll we'll close out in prayer. Briah, can you come up and play the piano? I'm sorry. Every time I make I those jokes. I was not jokes... paying enough attention and I got caught off so far when you said that. And you said, wait, you were like, we'll end in prayer. And in my mind, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> um, <sighs> all right. My years of attending a popular, quote unquote, come as you are church in Olympia. It's so funny. <laughs> it's not subtle. Right. <laughs> Uh, church in Olympia came to an end when I had met the love of my life and word got out from the trusted women, quote unquote trusted, in the church that my boyfriend, who was not involved in the church, and I had been intimate. As per worship leadership team usual, I had gotten a text from our newest worship leader asking if I could come in to her office at the church and chat, quote unquote. It's always a chat. Always a chat. Uh, it's like in Love Island. Boy, for a quick chat. <laughs> What um, was supposed to be a chat turned into my worship leader suggesting I get into my word and see how the women of the Bible carried themselves. <laughs> <laughs> she said since he was not actively serving the church and he and I were unequally yoked, ugh, she said God wanted better for me. That word is so gross. I know. <laughs> she had never even met him. During the years I served on the worship team, I was forced into the thinking that our leadership and their opinion were basically God. That's again another Wrap thing. Another thing that I would have said, well, that's wrong. You shouldn't think that. Da, 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 da. But then all of the ways that you set that up. I'm on to something. It's so subtle, you know? What I said made sense. <laughs> everybody wanted to not have a reaction to what I said. But you I'm said everybody. I'm the only one sitting here. <laughs> um, this woman had manipulated me into thinking that this man I thought I loved was the wrong person for me. She suggested that I break up with him, and not knowing any better, I did. I thought I was going. I thought I was doing something so noble. I figured she was probably right because she was my worship leader after all. After some time, I realized I had made the biggest mistake of my life. I started looking back at my life in the church, and I saw patterns of abuse coming from the people that were supposed to be in charge. I started seeing things for what they really were, and I decided that I'd had enough. Thank God, not really, lol, they put in parentheses, <laughs> that my boyfriend and I got back together. We are now moved away and happily engaged. Aww. My heart breaks for what I could have lost, but I'm so grateful to have gotten this awakening from the universe. I no longer identify as a Christian, and I do not believe in a God. And believe it or not, I'm still living a great life. And I've never been more happy and successful. Almost as if the idea that those that didn't know God were suffering and had poor quality of life was just all bullshit. <laughs> and a little heart emoji. Uh, and this says, P.S. I'm not sure who runs this account, but I have a feeling it may be some of my old friends. But either way, I'm really happy we're all free now. Thank mm -hmm. you for doing this. Thank you. That's so sweet. Stop it. I know. <laughs> no, I yeah. I, thank you for sharing that story. And I don't I think I have an idea of a couple different people it might be. I don't know. Maybe I'll like send a text later. But like, I <laughs> I'm <seems> just <laughs> I'm just really happy to like yeah. um to hear that like I don't know to hear that people are doing well. Seriously, um, like congratulations. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I'm glad um 
you like that didn't end things with you and your boyfriend and you know yeah just congratulations and and i'm so glad that um that there's a positive end to that story you know same because it i mean we've talked we talk about it when you talk about it it fucks people up yeah it fucks people up and so yeah you're right it's encouraging to hear like even if that still caused pain and damage to somebody they got out of it yeah and like they're doing good in their lives yeah. and what they feel like they're supposed to be doing with their lives and it's like dude fuck yeah yeah keep on moving keep on keeping on <laughs> we're gonna keep on keeping on and that's why we're unchurched Olympia. dang that was good that was good <laughs> i heard it <laughs>